Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am Scott Evans. And I am Zuri Hall. And you, you're listening to The Vault. The Vault Mm -hmm. by Access Hollywood. And today, today we're going to be talking about I guess it's really probably a national holiday by now, huh? Mm-hmm. I'd say so, yeah. Right? Joe Bro Day. Now, if you're unfamiliar, that stands for the Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been a lot of great bands, some of which have been family bands. Some have come and gone. Some have stayed the test of time. The Jonas Brothers, I would say, seem to be making it happen. Yeah. There, was a, there yeah. was a time where it maybe wasn't as anyone would have expected, mm. but they're back. <laughs> they're back, baby, and better than ever. And than ever. Okay, so tell me this. Do you remember the first time you heard a Jonas Brothers song where you're like, who are these little, who are these little <laughs> kids on this program? Like, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, gosh. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the first time. I just have a general memory of Joe Bromania and being sort of adjacent to it, right? Like, I remember when their songs would come on the radio. Yeah, like, I think I was a little bit older when they first came out. So I was like, who are these Joe Bro kids everyone's obsessed with? And mind you, not much older. I think, like, me and Joe are probably the same age or, like, close to right. But I probably had just aged out as far as my musical taste. But whenever I heard a song on the radio, it banged. Like, it went hard. So I like because That's because Zuri Hall was 11 years old listening to Luther Vandross talking about, <laughs> a house is not a home. <laughs> <laughs> when there... <laughs> You know, what I mean? she's it's in the true. living room with a brush. Talk about I'm an old soul. <laughs> it's funny you bring up the Joe Bro mania because mm-hmm. they had, I mean, the fandom was intense, right? Remember yeah. the tickets would sell out like that. I mean, they still do. Instantaneously. Instantaneous. Yeah. And followed everywhere they went. I remember when I I remember being in the car hearing that I'm slipping into the love. Uh, See, once you start singing the songs, it's like, oh, 
Hell yeah. Jonas Brothers. The yes. Jonas Brothers. Yes. I love all their new stuff. Like, let me just say, like, I'm a I'm a big Jonas Brothers current day. Music oh, you came advocate. back around. You a, bo- you a boomerang. You came back around. I showed up, <laughs> is what I would to the fandom yeah okay so exactly. wait so then what was it about it this time around that um, got you I don't I think it felt a little more elevated obviously like the guys are a little more mature I think I could relate to the music and I'll say this who I've always been a fan of is Nick Jonas he had this kind of moody aura he seemed like a real musician who was just kind of always casually annoyed that he had to be in a boy band. he just had that energy right and I yes. it was just in my mind I have no idea why I thought that um mm, and then don't? he went solo no nope, no idea Can't and then he went one, solo <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I knew I liked this guy. Like he he is a true artist. He's super even and kind of like not heavy, but I mean he's Nick. He's I, I love him saying. for it. he's stoic. There's a stoicism Sto- around yeah, yeah, him yeah. and his artistry. He's um, not super unpredictable. It's not like, right. oh, I don't know which Nick I'm no, gonna no, get. No. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? He is consistent in that he's like he's the mellow yes yes you know yes. What i mean he's like the cool kid you know what he I mean? is he he's is the cool. one that like when you take a selfie he squints his eyes and lowers his lip mm-hmm. like, you, know that, you know that you know that he loves up. an eye squint don't he you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's i know so y'all true. doing it if you're listening right now i know you're trying to you're looking in the rearview mirror you're looking in the mirror yeah. you're like, mm, that one yeah mm-hmm. that's the one i got the nick that's the nick that's and the he brings nick. the soul to me like he is the sort of the soul of the group and okay. when i think about his vocals and like out of the three right so right he's the one who kind of is most likely to take us to church if ever a joe bro took Anyone to church? Okay, I can see. I could Priyanka you said the same thing. I can no, believe what you feel. No, I can I believe you what there. you feel. <laughs> I'm saying out of the three of them. First of all, can we just get to the first clip? I can't. Okay, we are kicking <laughs> things off today. Uh, <laughs> in 2007. All right. Woo. The Joe Bros were already a pretty big deal on Disney. They'd been signed as a group a couple years prior, and they were also pretty family friendly when it came to branding. They were the sons of a pastor and they were known at the time. Remember the um the, the super rings. clean image in the purity rings, the promise yeah, yeah, yeah. rings? Yes, of course. that was a big thing. Yeah, it was Nick a major was 15, thing. Super major. Nick was 15, all Kevin was 20. And Joe was 18. Now, at this point in the band's career, they were starting to explode. They were still very much Disney Channel kids, but their fan base was growing fast. So Access caught up with them while they were doing prep for a concert and asked them about their fan base and their family dynamic, especially as they became more popular. Listen to this. I think uh, I think it's just the parents are cool with it too. You know, they're they're cool with the uh, the content that we sing and all that. And um, you know, I think it's comfortable. It's a good atmosphere for the whole family to come and for all that. And it's uh, it's just a good, fun, clean show. Exactly. That's what we're all about. And you know, I hope we've always hoped that we could be role models as well. So I think the parents um, are, like Nick said, okay with us. You know, okay with us to have their kids go to our shows. And, and it becomes an event for the little daughter to the teenagers to the parents. They're all there together. They're all coming. And I think that's what's so exciting about it is I think the time where families go to concerts again is coming back. Um, so I want to talk about your family. In this business, we see so many people who, you know, getting in trouble, going out and partying. But with the Disney stars especially, that doesn't happen. How do you guys stay grounded? 
Um, stay grounded? You know, for us, I think um, we have great parents to keep us grounded. And also, I think you'll never see us walking out of the club or just, you know, partying or something. I think Nick is 15. You know, um, <laughs> so I think it comes down to just having each other there on the road, you know. So, um, so it, we always feel that it helps when you know, we're going through a hard time that we have two other guys there to be there for us at all times. And uh, our parents are great, and um, people around us that we surround ourselves with are just a good influence and all that. And, um, you know, we try to keep it like that, just, you know, a big, happy family group of people, and it's, it's pretty cool. And we're, uh, we're it's going it's gonna to be good. It'll and we've good. always grown up. Uh, with our family saying, um, even if you're at the top, live like you're at the bottom. And we've grown up living by that and, you know, saying that to ourselves every single day and, you know, like I said, living by it. So it's it's really amazing what that saying that my dad has, you know, branded into us, <laughs> essentially, um, has done for us. The club, Nick is 15. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know see his purity ring. Ain't gonna be no clubs. Right, now you may not see Nick at the club, but Joe was like, but you're going to see me. I'm going to be at the exactly. club. Honestly, when you think about that age difference, like at a certain point in your 30s, 40s, whatever, I right. think the age difference means less. 15 and 20 in one group Big. are two very different things. Yeah. Yeah. Night and day. One They're... just got to high school. The other one is turning up on a college campus in a perfect world, probably illegally drinking somewhere and wondering if they're going to make it to class in the morning. Consider this, that mm -hmm. at 15 years old, you're a part of a band that is about to be bigger than any other band of the time. You're about to like catapult into superstardom. So much so that every choice you make personal, business, whatever, is under a microscope. I remember watching interviews and it was like, we have made this choice for us. We don't have to talk about it in every single interview. This doesn't have to be the hinge the on which, right. yeah, all of our interactions swing. It's also very interesting to hear, even at 15 years old, Nick Jonas sounds like he is a exhausted man. <laughs> Man, he, just, he is yeah. tired. He said, He's got to pick the kids up from school after this. <laughs> you know, they got all these activities. The kids got all these activities. They're running me ragged. My baby wants a new minivan. <laughs> trying to make ends meet. Oh, I love him. I love him. Oh, but my he gosh. Just... Nick has been tired since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love him. He's been him. working hard. He's been working hard. He has. I love people. Those are my favorite people. Like the slightly moody, stoic kind of like, what's he thinking? Is he yeah. having fun? Does he hate all of us? I'm into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Into it. Into and it. he's artistic, so it, it's worth the trade-off. At least he's talented. So, <laughs> right? you know what I mean? Nick Jonas, we love you. We love all the Joe bros. Indeed. And to your point about that sort of catapulting to stardom, what was really kind of cool to witness was the fact that all of these kids were catapulting out of the same quote unquote mm -hmm. class, right? So like kind of before our time technically, but we were late teenagers when they rose to super mainstream prominence. It was like the Mickey Mouse Club and yep. it was Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Ryan Gosling, all of these people. Yep. And then there was also that same sort of school or class vibe with the Disney stars, right? All around the same time. Demi Lovato, mm -hmm. you had Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, and then you also had the Jonas Brothers. So to see them all not just catapult to fame, but also sustain it. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. You know what? It's, it's so wild. wild. I think... What do you say we take a break? 
I was hoping because it's too wild. I got to process it. I got to sit yeah. with this for a minute. I mean, it's me too. Me. We'll mm-hmm. see you on the other side. Okay. Okay. So moving forward, what do you yeah. say we go? I mean, just a little bit ahead, 2008. So between mm-hmm. 2007 and 2008, they exploded. The Jonas Brothers were like whole next level experience. We're talking fame. We're talking movies. We're talking records. We're talking tours, t-shirts. That's how I knew. You could walk around and someone would have a Jonas Brother or the Jonas Brothers on a t-shirt. And then they had teams. It was like you, you picked your favorite Joe bro. Yeah. And like you were like hardcore for for them. them. Mm-hmm. So they dropped their self-titled second album on August 7th, 2007. And from that one, you had hits like, what was it? SOS, mm-hmm. When You Look Me In The Eyes, uh, Hold On was even, right? I mean, mm-hmm. arguably, yep. maybe even the one. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get an argument <laughs> with you or the Jonas Brothers fans. But in 2008, they followed it up with their third album a little bit longer that summer, and had been appearing on Hannah Montana and were legit early social superstars with their YouTube channel. Remember the vlogs? Mm-hmm. Right? And when that they- was as vlog culture was becoming a thing. So for them to tap into that so quickly, it's it, it's kind of cool because it makes your it makes you more accessible to your fans in a way that we didn't really have when no. we were like peak young kid fandom or teen fandom. Yeah, you had to wait for like one of those- The behind the scenes- uh, Right. Word up. (laughs) Exactly. Their dating lives was, I mean, something to behold. So Mm -hmm. you had Nick, who had already been linked to both Miley and Selena Gomez at this time. Joe and AJ was a real big situation. But then he had moved on to Taylor Swift. Kevin had already met his future wife, Danielle. And I mean, they were probably already married. Little do we know. (laughs) Right. Kevin knew early on. He was like, this is my wife. This is my woman. And we're going to have a family. Mm-hmm. Okay, so him. let's get back to the clip for a second. So Jonas Brothers' fame was at an all-time high, right? We got that. But despite yep. all of the band's success, they never really lost sight of their fans. Like, that was always the main priority, particularly when it came to their concerts. If you've ever been to a Jonas, Bro- Jonas Brothers concert, you know that there is a possibility at any point one of the brothers could come down, sit next to you, and just start singing. <laughs> it was like Back. the thing to do. So during one of the band's first tours, there were a lot of issues though with scalpers. Remember, it was like actually a headline. People were buying blocks of tickets and then reselling them for crazy Michael yep. Jackson prices, right? Right, yeah. So to combat that, the Jonas Brothers made sections of their each concert exclusively available at ticket booths. So mm-hmm. access... Uh, sat down with them at this point and were like, what's going on with this experiment and why it was so important to them? Here's what they said back. Something else that's very interesting in this day of the internet world, buying tickets online and so forth, why do it at the box office? Well, we tried to... Yeah, sorry. Um, no, you probably say that as well. <laughs> we tried to like weed out um, the ticket scalpers. Like from our last tour, we had such an issue with it. Um, so many people got you know tickets that weren't even fans. They were just trying to sell the tickets for higher prices. That we wanted to somehow make that a better, you know, a better way to do it. So we found a way that we were able to, you know, say the first twenty rows at each venue will be sold at the box office exclusively in like a lottery system where like they'll all be given a ticket and they'll be calling you know, say one through 2000, you know, and giving, okay, starting at 1012 
and higher is when they start selling tickets and then they go all the way back to the beginning. So that it works out really well for us because I think we want to be able to offer our, the true fans to be able to see us in concert and see, be able to get the tickets at the, you know, the appropriate prices that we try to set. And you guys are the hottest ticket yeah. in town, essentially. Where are you? <laughs> uh, overwhelming, not overwhelming. Um, I've kind of come to terms with it. Overwhelming, for sure, okay, in the sense, and exciting. Just we want to put on a great show, and the fact that we have the fans to be able to go to the show to see it is exciting for us. And the fact that there's means, I think this is our first time that we've had a promoter and an on sale that you know hard tickets have been you know promoted and sold. And so we're really excited to see what happens at noon here in Los Angeles. I love the commitment to making sure that their fans can show up at a reasonable price, especially considering the age bracket, right? That they would go above and beyond to, to handle that and take care of that because that is certainly outside of the realm of what is yeah. a requirement or expected of them. Meanwhile, the moms are like, well, you mean to tell me I got to go down to the Staples Center twice? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and wait in line? do, mama. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, we, mom, we want these tickets. You said you'd get them for us. So speaking of the Jonas Brothers fans, we actually have a clip from a ride-along with the band that we did in 2009. So now when I say a ride-along, what this usually means is literally Access Hollywood is in the car or van or bus mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> with said celebrity, socialite, right. person of note, in an intimate moment of candor. Mm-hmm. So this was on the way to a surprise concert that the band announced on Twitter earlier that day. And towards the end of the interview, we drove up to the venue. And what you're going to hear are the bodies of fans. The sounds that they make is intense. Listen to this. So right now we're sort of, we're on our way to Irving Plaza, where you're, Irving yeah. Plaza. Yes, we're going to Irving Plaza to have a show, um, actually a surprise show uh-huh. for some fans. We um, we kind of threw it up today, actually. We said, hey guys, why don't we put up a concert right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can tell, we have a police escort there right now. That's why you hear the sirens. And we're moving through a car back mm-hmm. and forth, but it's it's worth it. It's going to be fun. So that's why it's not really. Your it's not very, stuff. very still or your typical piece. But uh, no, this is this is you know this is what we do when we come to New York. We want to try to do something fun for the fans. We have an album coming out, you know, so we want to do something special, something really great. Before you answer that question. Oh, well, good. Wow. Yeah. Oh Lord. Are we getting out here? Uh, <laughs> might want to ask Victor. Uh, All right, you guys, that was a fun interview. Thank you. Sorry, thank it was you. so quick. Uh, that was great. Something new for you Some- guys. <laughs> Do you guys want to answer a couple more questions on camera now that we have a little bit of like stillness? Let's just get a couple of the questions that were a little shaky out of the way. And we'll go okay. Okay. Uh-huh. What do you see when you see your fans like this? I mean, it's still sort of cool to be wanted. Two years ago, I mean, two years is a long time. And I think for us, being able to see these amazing fans still so impactful throughout the years, you know, and still huge fans is 
It's a really great feeling, you know, these, these are the best fans in the world, we love them to death. Mm -hmm. And so what is, if you could sum it up, what has sort of the best, been the best experience of the last couple of years and still enjoying every moment of it and still feel like you guys are growing? I think Absolutely. I think for us, you know, the Grammys was a huge one. The, re the release of the last record was amazing. But I think we were just really gearing up for this new tour and this new album. We're very excited about it all. We can't wait. All right, what keeps you kind of energized and sort of keep going? I mean, um, I think, you know, when you have the fans around you like this and, and you have these moments where you really have to kind of pinch yourself, it, it is a wake-up call in itself and it's just kind of like you're ready to go, you know, you're ready to go live your dream. And uh, a lot of Red Bull 2 is involved. Here's the best part of that interview for me. You have probably close to 500 girls, kids, standing there as the Jonas Brothers vehicle pulls up. They get ready to get out of the car. You confirm that it is indeed the Jonas Brothers because you can see one of them, right? Mm -hmm. They close the door and do a second part of the interview. The screams <laughs> sustain. So you're just the standing there screaming at a car. Yelling. Just yelling, yelling at a car. The door shut. Shut. Please just And mind me. you, this was a gathering of maniacal screaming where it had only been announced a few hours before they showed up. So these, right. this wasn't like, oh, I've been waiting for this for 17 months. I'm going to scream till my lungs go out because I've been excited. I just got the memo 13 Today. minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And Ain't even my done my homework. Take me down. Not exactly. even done with the homework. Not even done with the homework. Told my Crazy. mama I was. Wasn't. But you wasn't done. She it's knew funny. it too, but she was she a real knew. one. So she took you anyway. She dropped you <laughs> off. <laughs> she dropped you off. <laughs> she probably standing be... there right with you, but mad, annoyed, exhausted. <laughs> Why are you here shouting at a car? This is what you really wanted to come do? You better get an A in this class. You better get an A in this class. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Now, as most people know, in 2011, the Jonas Brothers took a hiatus. They wanted to work on their personal projects, and much to the disappointment of fans, they broke up in 2013. Yeah. Uh, right? But that's kind of the writing's always on the wall. When bands say, oh, we're just taking a break to work on solo projects, I'm like, cool. So this is the end of it all. Yeah, so who did and who did it? Yeah. Whose fault is this? Who's who wanted to go it? solo? Are we blaming Nick? It was Nick. No, because I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you have asked them. I know I have asked them. When they're in a group, they all kind of just look at Nick, and he's like, "It, yes, yeah, it was, I am." Hit. He knows. She was me. She was me. <laughs> if he felt like you know, initially he was like solo vibes, and then mm -hmm. they decided to do a group. I could understand that he might have the itching to just kind of like do what he wants creatively yeah. for a little while. So I don't knock that and. Spoiler well, also, alert, think they found their way back to each other. Exactly. And at that time, when you're young and want to be a creator and establish your own sound and that yeah. contradicts or conflicts with the sound of your brothers, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, well, why don't we just go do some, you know, solo projects? And then when they came yeah. back together, they were actually just a better group. 100%. You know 100%. what I mean? That's a really good point, actually, that you bring up because, like, what 18 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old isn't experimenting, isn't wanting to find themselves, isn't marching to the beat of their own drum? Their family's like, what the hell is going on with Zuri right now? What is Scott out there doing? I don't even know. Like, mm -hmm. we're just exploring and figuring out who we are. But yeah. when you're attached to two other humans and the band is its own thing and its own identity, mm -hmm. it's so hard to have that freedom to explore. So I, I completely understand him wanting, any of them wanting to kind of step out on their own just to figure out who they are, not just privately, but in this sense, public facing and musically in a public way. 
And had they not ever broken up, we would have never had, you got me in chains for your love. And I want to change. Ooh, you know all the hits. And we also wouldn't have, Kate by the ocean. That's all. That's oh, right. All right. That was DNCE, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Joe. That's Joe. So, right. They had the, the, the momentary breakup in 2013, went and found right. themselves mm-hmm. during this time away, though. Each member of the band grew. They took time to focus on their solo careers. Nick, you know, we talked about him crushing it. He had his solo album like 15 seconds after he left the group. Yes. That was in 2014. They had Jealous, Chains, and then he met his wifey, Priyanka Chopra, in 2018. Joe struggled a little bit with his music initially, but eventually found his footing with his band DNCE and had several hits and then in 2016 met his future wife game of thrones star sophie turner and kevin focused on his family life he was the first one to get wiped up remember he was Mm -hmm. like he knew because i remember i was watching some behind the scenes footage of them and it was a clip of kevin being super excited because he had just met a girl and it was danielle Mm -hmm. and at the time his brother's like bro just text her like oh kevin's being so like weird and awkward and like doesn't know what to say so he was like in love in from love. day one. Still. At like peak fame. Uh, yeah. Yes, as he should be. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess that's true. I said it like, I mean, you know. It's still love, if you can believe it. These, they got married and they his still wife. like each other. <laughs> in love with his wife. Don't make no sense. Don't make no Couple sense. Couple kids and everything, huh? Kids these days, I'll wow. tell you. Hmm. Who? So he married Danielle, who he still loves, in 2009. <laughs> and by, by 2014, they'd had their first daughter, and then they welcomed a second daughter in 2016. But the band wasn't done yet. They got the band back together, y'all. Hey. 2019, baby, okay? They dropped the song Sucker. It went hard. It was March 1st, and it became the band's number one track of all time. It sold 88,000 copies in the first week, and became the first number one song by a boy band on the Billboard Hot 100 since 2003, which is crazy. The song was everywhere. I actually got the chance to sit down with the band over Zoom in March of this year, and I asked them what it's been like over the last few years, and this is what they told me. Well, first of all, uh, two years back together now. It's been two years since you announced that you were getting the band back together. Uh, So what's different this time around? Obviously, we've watched you guys. We've loved your music for so many years. How are you switching it up on us these days? Um, We are uh, switching it up by being in the midst of a global pandemic and not being able to spend (laughs) any time together. Um, You know, it's been obviously a crazy year for everybody, and uh, we're navigating it as a family best we can but also as bandmates and that's by just staying as kind of close contact as we can and in the various ways that we we do so and also a few rare uh, uh, you know occasions when we've been able to see each other in person which has been really nice yeah yeah yeah. as brothers and bandmates is it safe to say you're stronger than ever recently with nick releasing this project and uh you know spaceman and then being able to do that and us have the ability to support it and be excited about it. And then knowing where, you know, that the band is obviously still together, still doing its thing is exciting and just shows kind of like all the different sides of everything we can do, which is really cool. So what's different, you guys? Well, there's a pandemic. 
Right. Yep. Got that. Well, Nick. thank you so much for breaking that down for me. <laughs> Love I'm you, just Nick. In it with, <laughs> with the rest you, of the world. <laughs> the rest of the world. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. <that. laughs> you gotta love him. Again, these are my favorite yeah. types of people. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just agreed. Like, I don't mind a tough time. I kind Mm-mm. of take some sort of twisted joy or pleasure out of it. So maybe that's the thing me and my therapist need to unpack, but I'm <laughs> into it. Here's what I'll say. The Jonas Brothers are not slowing down anytime soon. And I bet they will go down in history as one of the great boy bands of all time. We know they'll stick around for years to come. We know there's more projects. There's pro- I would even guess that maybe another theater experience. You remember they mm. were good for that theater concert. Mm-hmm. You couldn't make it to the venue. You can make it to the theater. Mm-hmm. And but don't forget, is- you can watch their documentary on Amazon Prime, Chasing Happiness. It's all about See? them getting the band back together. See? Told you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another one of those, too. Maybe. Yeah, let's go, Joe babies. Bros. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I'm just going to say this to you, Zuri Hall. Okay. It's been real. Yeah. And this has been fun. Yeah. I dare I say even real fun. You all are listening to The Vault by Access Hollywood. Yep. I'm Scott. I'm Zuri. And you should subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts, be it Apple, Spotify, literally everywhere. Everywhere. We'll see y'all on the next one. Ta-da. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.